Allow me to introduce myself. I am Tenashi Mujera. I'm an author, I'm a marketplace professional, and I'm a woman of God. I am a representation of tested faith. I represent my healed wounds that left ugly scars. This is the Faith in Action podcast that has been created to help you find the journey to your true self through conversations and lessons shared. Good day, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the Faith in Action podcast with me, your host, Tanasha Mujera. As you all know, I'm an author, I'm a woman of faith, and I am on a mission to share life's lessons with you. In this seventh episode, I'm super excited to say that I'm joined by a guest um, who is a pastor, who is a man of God, and who has so much wisdom to share through um, about his life experiences in different facets. But today, the objective of this episode or the sports podcast episode is for him to share with us um, around Christian marriage and family dynamics. So just for some context, I write in my book, in one of my chapters called Growing Pains, um, a bit about how my home and family dynamics looked like as I was growing up. And I also write about how I struggled with identity and purpose, especially in my high school days. Um, also seeing that I was coming from a family that was broken. Um, I had an abusive father and generally just an abusive environment which I grew up in. So we just want to delve into that and speak a lot or speak more around um, you know, Christian marriage, family dynamics, how it affects kids, how it affects children, how it affects the youth, how it affects parents themselves. Um, and I believe that we definitely have the right guest to share with us um, on this particular uh, discussion or partic particular topic. And with that said, I'm just going to introduce him. Um, like I said, he's a man of God. I'm not going to take away uh, too much. I'm, I'm going to allow him to actually speak about who he is and what he does. Pastor Depot, welcome to the Faith in Action podcast. Thank you so much for having me here, Lady T. That's what I call her. Um, very, very solid woman of God, beautiful sister of mine, lovely friend. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Depo Adeda Oshinloe. I am a pastor. I've been a pastor for uh, almost 15 years now. And uh, I also run a training institute called Yankosi Africa. I am a management consultant. I am also a qualified scrum master and project manager. And uh, besides my professional and um, should I say spiritual life, my other, the other side of my vocation is to make sure that people are emotionally, emotionally, mentally, and um, uh, physically balanced in their lives. So. I, I have delved into life coaching, uh, mentoring, and also making sure that people are well trained to grasp what their purposes are in life, in a nutshell. Thank you so much, Lady T, for having me. Wow, 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 wow. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it for yourself. 
he is a solid man of God. Like he, like he explained, there's so many uh, facets to what he does. Um, and, I, and I believe that you'll be helped in this session, especially in terms of, you know, discovering who you are, in, even through this conversation that we'll be talking about um, Christian marriage and family dynamics. In the discussion itself, you will be able to find hopefully one or two nuggets that will help you within your purpose or to actually find your your purpose and and work in it like he says he actually ensures that the whole human being is balanced physically spiritually mentally it's all in there so um once again welcome pastor Depo. i'm super excited to have you on the show i've been waiting for this one and um thank you so much sir for really honoring um you know the platform honoring me and accepting the invite and coming to share really the wisdom that you carry i honor you and i believe that you'll be able to help so many through this platform thank you sir with that said i'm gonna dive straight into what we want to talk about today and um i'm gonna start by you know you know reading through an extract in 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 the book that i write um which is of course my first published book where i write about my own life story and um yes it is the journey of a transformed woman and in this particular chapter growing pains i write um and i say this my mother was what I would call, for lack of a better phrase, a married single mother. She would take care of my siblings and I and make sure we had everything that we needed from food, clothes, and even our tuition. My father was scarcely available. And as a child, I barely had a relationship with my father. He never had an active presence in my life. He was never there for me in the way I needed him to be. Even though he would be there physically, he was not accessible emotionally and spiritually. This created a distance between us and slowly but surely, fueled by all the physical and emotional abuse we endured at his hands, that distance began to turn into resentment and hatred. I have very few memories of my father and of those few, I have even fewer good ones. And um, yeah, that is just a little bit of an extract from my book um, in the chapter Green Pains where I actually sort of give in a nutshell what um, my family dynamics sort of way in the time that I was growing up when my both my parents were still alive um, and it was really uh, uh, an abusive uh, a home especially from my father's side and with that said um, um, I call uh, uh, Pastor Depot PD PD is Pastor Depot so with that said PD I'm gonna just um, go into the first question that I really want you um, to help us unpack um, and I'll start by saying in the book of Corinthians we do know that Paul speaks about marriage and he says that if you do not need um, this is first Corinthians 7 if you do not need marriage to serve the Lord to be the best of your ability, you will be better off single. However, he clarifies that we all have different gifts. Therefore, if marriage would better assist you in serving God, you should seek to be married. Please, can you tell us what you have to say um, about this, um, especially to you know gifted and anointed women, which is not to be in relationship um, or settle down and really want to to remain independent because i've had a lot of people taking the scripture and using it um you know to justify why they want to remain single for the rest of their lives and uh, not wanting to be in a marriage and um yeah please sir help us unpack in on this question 
Thank you so much. Well, the scripture is so clear and it says that if you feel that you should be married to serve the Lord better, get married. If you feel that you shouldn't be married to serve the Lord better, don't get married. The end point is serving the Lord better. So by whatever means you feel, as long as it is not against the will of God for your life, how do you know the will of God for your life? By prayer, by searching the scriptures, the word of God, to discover who you are and what your purpose on earth is. Once you can discover that, then you decide for yourself because Paul is asking us here to decide for ourselves. So I'm going to say to the anointed woman who chooses not to be in a relationship and settle down, uh, if that is what you choose, by all means, the Holy Spirit will help you to remain chaste and to remain proper in the eyes of God. And if people want to um, shame you simply because you don't want to get married, that's not on you, that's on them. It is by individual choices. My choices about how I should live within the confines of the will of God will be different to yours. So every woman should consider if they want to get married or not. And if they choose not to, then they must be ready because whether you're married or not, there are challenges, there are issues both ways. And I'm not saying that it's a terrible thing to be married or it's a bad thing not to be. But God gives grace to the humble. So if the anointed woman will humble herself and decide that this is how I want to be, unmarried, God loves her just the same as a married woman. So we must throw out the myth that a woman who is advanced in age and is not married has some stigma over her head. Take it out, toss it in the bin, and let the local council come clear the bin. You are free, you are whole, you are beautiful, and you are within the will of God. I hope that makes sense to us. Hmm. Powerful, powerful insights you're bringing out. I would like to just while we are on this question to just pose this and say you know you are very clear about how you you say as long as it is in the confines of the will of god because oftentimes people choose out of their own will and choose not to even hear what you're saying right now you know people will choose to 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 take away some of the words so it's important <laughs> that I, I emphasize and say he has said that as long as it is within the confines of the will of god and he further explained how do you know the will of god through prayer um through seeking um you know reading the word and and seeking his face in him speaking to you god speaks to us in different ways and i believe that if you really are a child of god you will know how your father speaks to you and he will be able to give clarity and direction thank Fantastic. you thank you thank you pastor deeper so now second question i want to get into is um um Yo, a very interesting question that a lot of people ask. And um, I mean, I, I believe in all marriage seminars and everywhere else, everybody continues to ask, how do you know if this is the right man? How do I know if this is the right woman? So I want you, and I know you've got so much wisdom. You you teach on marriage, you teach the youth, you teach um, you know, um, those that are wanting to get married, you take them through marriage counseling. I've seen you doing that. How do you weigh out if someone is marriage material for you? <laughs> well, 
one of the things that I teach or I talk about when people come for counseling or just mentorship when it comes to relationships is first things first, before you decide that somebody else is marriage material, have you looked into the mirror and asked yourself this question? Am I marryable? <laughs> Can I marry me? with wow. my lifestyle, with my attitude, with the way I handle my finances, with the way I deal with people, with the way I um, deliver my inputs at work. Am I marryable? Can somebody marry me? Can I marry me? So sure. let's start with the man in the mirror or the woman in the mirror. When we have done a thorough examination of self, then we can begin to look at who or what areas of who fits into our lives. The problem that we usually have is that we're too much in a hurry or we feel that we already know and we're not open to receiving more education or more knowledge about relationships because till Jesus comes out, and I believe that we're talking within the context of yeah. Christian marriages. If yes. we do not examine self, then we cannot fully understand who we are. In understanding who we are, then we understand who fits and who doesn't fit into our lives. One of the questions that I was asked one day is, how do you know what you like, Debo? And I said to myself, hmm. sometimes it's hard to know what you really, really like, but it's very easy to know what you don't like. True. So once you begin to check off the things that you don't like, begin to look the other way and begin to decide that if I don't like black, can I look towards white? And I'm just speaking, you know, out of context now, but if it's not black, then it's got to be another color. Okay, is it purple? Then you begin to check off the negatives, but then you begin to make a list of the positives. And then you look at your lifestyle. I like to make noise. This person, Will she love my noise? And one of the things that, that causes traumas in marriages is that, look, you see this guy, he's good looking, he talks well, he dresses well, he loves the Lord, he chases demons when he's praying, he even sings in the choir with the most beautiful voice. And then you think, oh my God. And then, on the other hand, you see this woman, she, you know, for some men, it's all the curves in the right places and she's pretty and she's got the nice kind of hair and all those things. Those things are easy to get married to. How about the things that I'm going to do that are going to upset you? Can you live with my nonsenses? word to use can you leave with my weaknesses? Because Jesus said, I'm not going to go deliver them except that I'm going to those who are sick because those who are well, do not need a physician. Yeah. So can I live with this person's sicknesses in quote? Hmm. Once we can balance that, then we are able to say, I can start gravitating towards this person. And of course, loving Jesus is a non-issue that once we discover that the person loves Jesus, then we can start hmm. saying this is marriage material. Hmm. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you, sir. I love what you're bringing to the table. I just also want to, you know, talk about, you know, the word of God also speaks about, you know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains hmm. favor. And Absolutely. we hear that the woman <laughs> is the helpmate, right? Like you come in to help the vision and the purpose of the man. Does that also, you know, apply to this question? And also, how do we then separate, you know, the vision, the values from 
from from material things you know that he's got this he's got that how do we find balance and 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 really because i believe that even the material things do um you know also contribute to how you weigh out in terms of choosing a life partner um but then the word also talks about purpose and values and his vision and you coming in and being how do you find balance in that all right i love that i really love that question one of the challenges that I've had with people and their um, <laughs> strong-headedness about relationships is that most men feel that with the woman is 50-50, we have to meet halfway. What are you bringing to the table? Uh, you know, people say, well, a woman, when she brings herself to the table, that's enough. All this back and forth. When I was reading in the New Testament, I, 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 I learned of from where the the Pharisees or the people were asking Jesus, that what, what does Jesus think about divorce? And he says, out of the hard-heartedness of the people, the Lord in the olden days allowed divorce. But it was because people were strong-headed, stone-hearted, and they just wouldn't be humble. And he says, in the beginning, it was not so. So I went back to the beginning and I began to search the scriptures. And I found in Genesis chapter 2 where the Bible says he told the man to keep 10, protect the garden. And then a few verses down the line, he says to the, um, he says that it is not good for man to be alone. Honestly, if we're going to do deep search, you know, dive research, it is not good for that kind of man that is going to keep tend and protect the garden to be alone if you're not keeping if you're not tending yet if you're not protecting please be alone you have no business <laughs> being not alone if you know what i mean so the man has to be responsible he has to be a keeper he has to be a protector he has to prune he has to work he has to be in a position to be able to provide and people especially men don't like when i subscribe to this particular point that I'm going to make and I'm going to get off your back concerning this particular question you asked. For me, I feel, I feel that every man should be in a position where he can talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be able to provide for my family and the household that you've committed to me. I don't even want to share a bill with my wife. I want her income to be so redundant and to be so extra that, you know, she probably invests it somewhere and just for the greater good. And then maybe sometimes when I do need help, I can draw strength from her because that is why she is the help that meets me at that point of you know, lack or at that point where I'm trying to regroup and readdress my finances because anything can happen. So for the man, pray that you are able to sustain and have extra for the whole family so that your wife is not under pressure. So begin to practice it as a single man so that when that woman comes into your life, she's not afraid and she's not wondering where the next meal is going to come from. It doesn't always happen automatically. God has different plans for different people. But let every man begin to think that I want to be that man that doesn't have to depend on her for resources, but I will depend on her for her support, for her love, for her wisdom, for her strength, for her ability to do the things that I cannot do as a man. 
So in looking for a woman, do not look for somebody that is going to compliment you financially. Look for somebody that is going to compliment your heart, your soul, your spirit, your vision, your plan for life. Because when you're getting into marriage, you're not coming as 50-50 to make 100. No, you're coming as 100 and another 100. And that is why God squeezes 200 into one position of 100, not 200 anymore. So let us understand the man's position and the woman's position. If she is a lot stronger than you financially and she sees that you're the kind of man that is able to look after the family as we go along, then she must be able to have that faith and believe. So every man needs a woman that will believe. Every woman needs a woman, I'm sorry, every woman needs a man that will protect, keep and tend. I hope I've been able to answer that question for you. Perfectly answered. And 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 before we move to the third question, Shim, I'm itching to just ask this. I know that our time today is pressed. Um, is so is it true that every marriage has its own purpose, unique purpose? Huh. Every like every single human being has their own unique purpose. Every single institution of marriage has its own unique purpose. And I've looked around and I realized that that is the only time that you, when you get married, get your certificate before you even start. Hmm. Every other institution you go to, varsity, high school, even primary school, whatever certification that you want, you get your certificate or your degree only after you have completed or graduated. But in the eyes of God, because it is a representation of what God, Jesus through Jesus Christ, has in relationship with man, you get your certificate beforehand saying you have passed. Now live through the success. Wow. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. So, wow. so for me, for me, we have to be able to get to that point that if God sees us as a success, we have obtained the success. Now, how are we going to maintain the success? And that is why we have to fashion out our salvation daily so that that purpose that God has brought us together for can be sustained. But unfortunately, people get married to the wrong people or they get married for to the right people and then lose sight of what they are together for and i usually say if it's money then you must never be broke if it's beauty then you must never have an accident if it's the way you speak then you must never go dumb you know as mundane or as silly as that example should be whatever gets you married must be able to keep you married if you can't then redress and look at the right reasons for getting married Sure. What a powerful, powerful word. You've heard it for yourself, ladies and gentlemen. There's a purpose to every marriage as there is a purpose to every human being. And um, yo, thank you so much, sir, for, for really breaking down that and, and, and giving us insight on how to choose the right partner, how to outweigh whether someone is marriage mature or not. I'm going to go straight into the third question I have for you today. Um, past traumas i want us to talk about past traumas and how they affect of course um you know people in marriages i mean this really has to do a lot with childhood issues how we grew up because we two different people coming together from two different backgrounds with two different ideologies and it says past traumas can often destroy a relationship um a relationship give us tips on how to overcome and heal from these 
um, from those traumas? And is it important to fully heal before committing to the relationship? Hmm. I'll give you a short story about, um, I'm not sure if I watched it or I read it. It's been many years ago now. So this set of twins, two boys, uh, their father was an alcoholic. He would beat their mom. He would do all kinds of things, come home late, sometimes not come home at all for a few days. And uh, he practically lived off their mother. And it was just both of them, the twin boys. And they both began to grow up one grew up to become a medical doctor who was well known and he had become very wealthy and the other one became a drunk and alcoholic like his dad and he would you know abuse every woman he was in in a relationship with and he just went the path of his dad and probably took it up a couple of notches and then i think on their 40th birthday the the well-off one the medical doctor had invited his twin brother who wasn't doing so good of course to you know, his party because it was both their birthdays. And, you know, somebody now walked up to both of them after they had taken a series of pictures and he asked them, he says, look, you're twins. You had the same parents. How come you have been able to, you know, become so successful, you're professional and you, 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 your twin brother has not really succeeded at all? Um, of course, the twin brother that was an alcoholic just went off and started raving and ranting and said, this is how my father was. What did you expect of me? This is how I would turn out. I had no other choice. It happened to my mom. So there's no way, there has been no way for me to handle relationships properly. I had no one, nobody taught me this. So the, the, the drunk of a brother went off to say that I, I, I happen to be like my father. Now, the person asking the question turned to the medical doctor and said, so why have you turned out like this? He said, because I saw exactly how my father was just like my twin brother and I turned the other way. Sure. Now, the, they both experienced the trauma when they were growing up, but whatever decision, look, the reason why we're having this conversation today is because you thought, let me invite Deepo here. And I thought, let me honor Tinashe's invitation. That is why we are both in this conversation today. The decisions we make now will inform our actions of tomorrow. The decisions we made yesterday is why we are where we are today. So the onus is still on every individual to decide that I have been through traumas, but I'm not going to let that affect my relationship with people. Look, it's not always easy. Even in the biblical times, we saw Laban, Jacob's mm -hmm. uncle. He was dubious. Jacob too was dubious. Even Jacob's mother, Isaac's wife, was dubious because they stole the birthright and the blessing from Esau. So if it's something that happens in a family, it can be broken. If you decide that this is not good, they say uh, everybody dies by the age of 45. God forbid, I forbid, I'm going to live to see my children's children. You can break the course. Yeah. And the, you know, the course of events or the, or the curse that has been placed upon your family. So let us not keep making the excuses. This is what has been happening to, to in, my, in, in, my, in my family. And so now my generation must suffer. No, your generation doesn't have to suffer. Yes, yeah. past traumas can play a part, but we don't have to let them play yeah. a part.
-hmm. can break the cycle. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Thank you, sir. I'm not even going to go into how to break the cycle. Of course, he did say and mentioned that he is also into helping people with mental health issues. He's also into helping people find balance, you know, in terms of healing um, and, um, you know, finding balance spiritually. Um, you know, he does that. So I will leave that to you to you listeners to contact him after this podcast and uh, be able to get help in terms of how you can break childhood traumas or any traumas, past traumas, even from your exes that will hinder you from getting into a relationship fully healed. With that said, sir, I'm going to ask you um, the next question. And I, I want to um, talk about how, you know, many people struggle with deciding when to leave a relationship and when to stay in a relationship and continue with the commitment. Do you have any advice that could possibly help anyone in that position? Oh, absolutely so. Uh, so my, my, my challenge with what we call Christian relationships is that we want to model our relationships after the glamour that we see in the world. Mm. You know, we want to model our, uh, model our relationships after secular relationships that don't actually show us the nitty gritties, the sufferings and the hardships. And because mm. we believe we have Jesus, we always think that we will never have challenges. Truth be told, for the women, I say women protect yourselves, men mm. respect yourselves. Mm. And this is the case. Huh. The yes, before the beginning of a relationship, at the beginning of a relationship, belongs to the woman. Mm. After that, the yes of that relationship belongs to both of them. Wow. Why am I saying so? A woman who is being sought after by a man has to look deeply at his track record. Mm. Now, let's not even negate the fact that we have to be spiritually sound and we have to be able to discern spirits. The challenge we have is that we are so quick to conclude that, oh, because he appears to be in this way. You see, appearance doesn't cut it in a Christian relationship. We yeah. have to delve deep in prayer. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to to expose who this person is, to expose the person's heart. Now, I'm not saying that people won't make mistakes, but when you are able to test their hearts and when they are wrong, they are truly sorry. I was saying to one lady the other day, have you seen how he spends money with you alone? Have you seen how he spends money with you and your friends? Have you watched how he spends money with you and your family? Have you watched how he spends money with you and his family? All the dynamics of finances, all the dynamics of relating, how does he behave? Does he say, does he tap you on the cheek and say, ah, I was just joking with you. It's the day he taps you on the cheek and he does it again and he says, ah, but we're just playing. He will beat you so up. <laughs> Pardon my English. When, you know, when later comes. So we need to test track record. If we do not test the track record enough and if there's an iota of doubt within us, do not ignore it because I say that the little worms are the ones that become the major, massive, unbearable, unscrupulous dragons in the relationships. And then you begin to wonder, how did we get here? No, 
we have to be able to walk away from what we are not convinced is real how do we know we cast all spirits by deep prayer by searching the scriptures by getting closer to god god would always reveal but you you mentioned something lady t that sometimes we ignore that is where the major issue lies we ignore the nudges we ignore the pressing we ignore you know the prodding and the silent voice i think are you sure thank you Wow, thank you, sir. I mean, I can also really attest to this because I have done it in my past and I can talk about my own life story and some of the, you know, things I talk about in my book as well, where I actually ignored the signs of abuse. I saw them, but I still went on and went ahead, you know, with the relationship. So definitely the signs are always there and we see them, but we choose not to, um, you know, take them seriously. From your personal experience, what lessons have you learned along the way within marriage between a man and a woman? Give us the fundamental values and pillars that Christian marriage should be built on. Please feel free to share your personal experience if you can and if you're um, willing to so that people can actually realize that these things are real and happen. Absolutely. So um, one of the things that I'm going to say first is that every Christian relationship must be founded on Christ. Before we draw strength from externalities like mentors and people who have gone ahead of us to be married and are still married, we have to find the basis of our relationships in Christ, the Word of God. Now, the basis of every relationship is communication. The basis of communication in every relationship is understanding. So for us to understand ourselves we have to like i said begin to look at what this person likes what this person doesn't like so for me what i tried to do even though i didn't succeed all the time <laughs> praise <laughs> lord is that i i began to learn even though i learned a bit late who this person really is because there were certain areas that we both ignored at the time that i was married and thank god i've been on both sides of the table of the coin and so i can actually say to you that when you 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 look at somebody's life first of all you must look at that life understanding that they are not you they will yeah. never be you sure <laughs> now it takes me back to saying that when we date uh, I, I learned from one of my all-time mentors May her soul rest in peace. She used, mm-hmm. uh, she was my mother in the Lord before she passed. She mm-hmm. would say, to me, "Dating is a time for interviews and not intercourse." Man, <laughs> <laughs> Inter- ask for ask the most silly questions. That uh, as a guy, ask her, "If I fall broke, will you leave me?" It seems like a stupid question, hmm. but let her commit to an answer. Now. Um, the woman should be able to ask, if you get angry, will you just suddenly lash out at me one day and hit me? How do you press your toothpaste? How do you roll your toilet paper? You know, crazy, foolish questions like that. But we must be able to understand that from the scripture, the Bible says, husbands, love your wives the way Christ 
loves the church. How does Christ love the church? Uh, he forgives all the time. He gives a long rope. So this woman is in your care so you can nurture her and build her and grow her and let her be the best of herself within the confines of her calling, which will fit into your calling and your calling fitting into hers. And that is what dating is for. By the time we get into marriage, it should just be a continuity of what we have learned in dating and dating. And I will say something to you. If love is blind, marriage is the eye opener. Your eyes will be open. <laughs> okay, if you say love is blind, eh? Don't worry. Marriage will open your eyes. So uh, mm -hmm. let, let's be founded. Let's be founded on the, on that scripture. It says, wife, submit to your own husband, sorry, as unto the Lord. How do you submit to the Lord? When the Lord says, I don't think we should do that, you go on and say, Lord, you're wasting your time. I have money. I have influence. I'm in a position. I'm going to do this. <laughs> or have you asked, Lord, can you please explain to me so that I can understand you? I don't really want to do this, but I'm going to listen to you simply because you are my Lord. Do you respond to your husband in that way? Not because you're in a derogatory position, but because whether we like it or not god is always going to be god and his principles are always going to be his principles the man has the home the wife is his partner alongside him not under his feet she is not his mat and then after that come the children and then everybody else so please let us understand that there are values we must inculcate based on the word of god let us always go back to the word of god thank you Wow, thank you, sir. Powerful, powerful, powerful. I'm really excited. I mean, if not for time, we we're going to spend the whole day talking about this because there's just a lot to unpick regarding Absolutely. this. Absolutely. And, and I like what you said because it reminded me of this phrase where they say, marriage will reveal you to you. Marriage will reveal you to you. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. Mm. So, Sir, I'm going to take you to the next question um, quickly and, um, um, and, and ask you, you know, to define the role of a Christian husband and wife. I know that the man is expected to, you know, sort of have, you know, certain responsibilities or, or things that he needs to do as a husband or Christian husband. And then there's responsibilities that a woman is also expected to have. What is their role, especially even with kids? Like what is the role with the, of the father or husband towards the kids in the family? Because I, I figured in my own life as well, um, there's, there, there are issues that I only realized later on that it was father issues, but because my father probably didn't, um, you know, validate me or wasn't there truly as that role model of figure in my life. So please tell us um, what the role of a Christian husband and wife should be. Look, we've been touching on these things uh, from the get-go from the time we started talking and i just want you to look at it from this perspective when you look at husband if you look at the the farmer the farmer is called the husband man mm. so he goes into his garden or his field where he has planted so he must be able to have seed he must be able to plant. He must be able to water. He must be able to wait the process to watch mm -hmm. his seeds germinate and grow. Wow. So same way, 
The man has the seed. The woman is the soil that receives the seed. Wow. Even in, in terms of being intimate in a mm. relationship, in a marriage concept, the man releases the seed. The woman accepts the seed and wow. she, she, she grooms the seed. And the man must continue to water, to say, wow. you are blessed. The seed inside of you is going to grow to become. I remember um, when my, my, my son, who is 11 years old now, was within the belly of his mom and um when he had grown to about eight months mm. or maybe before when he heard my voice he would kick so much wow. wow it was at that point i realized that this boy and i are going to be so close wow. and i thank that i have the privilege of having raised him as a single dad for seven years and we are nothing short of best friends Wow. You know, so one of the things moving from being the husband man now because of our time to being a father, that is the name that we share with God. Mm. How does God treat his children? Sure. Does he love us? Does he protect us? Does he have a will for us? Does he have a plan for us? So even before your children come out of their mother, men, can I beg you? to begin to have plans and pray about the plans for your children begin wow. to ask lord can i have two can i have three how many wow. children we have begin to say lord i want to name my children even before i meet them wow we we prepared his names before he was born mm. Mm. amen so amen. now for the, for the woman the name that she shares with god is the name that god exposed to us in terms of the Holy Spirit as the helper. Sure. So let's not think that God gives man the opportunity to be a father and share that name with him. He also gives woman, hmm. the woman, the opportunity to share a name with him, which is helper. Wow. So let's look at the woman in the context of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And let's look at everything happening in the name of Jesus. Now, hmm. the Holy Spirit will guide in all mm. truth. So as a man, when you're making those very logical, sometimes irrational decision, and the mm. woman says, baby, have you tried to look at it in this way? Never ignore your wife's nudging or her help, which is what the Holy Spirit does. Take a look at it again, then hold hands, pray together, mm. brainstorm together. And one of the things that I've realized is that it is so easy to be the father, and mm. in another context, the mother of a child but it's not the same as being the father or mother to a child mm -hmm. that is why we have fathers and mothers who did not physically birth children yet have been in the position of raising children making the children their own and if mm -hmm. you were never told you would never know that they were not the biological parents of this child so mm -hmm. it's easy to be the father and mother of a child but not that easy to be the father and mother to a child what is your representation in that child's life what does that child have to say about you how does that child see you wow. when you are there what does the child do what does the child say how does the child feel do they walk away from you do they run to you when their lives are in a spiritual pigsty do they come to you and say i need to be clean can you help me or do they run away further from you and say i know he's going to 
kill me anyway. I know she's going to shout me down and make me regret anyway. So we're talking being parents to children and not necessarily being parents of children. Wow. So wow. in that context, we, we have to readdress ourselves and get back in line with what God says about being parents to children and not only of children. Wow. Thank you, sir. Beautiful. Wow, wow. I'm just going wow, wow, wow as you explain the so powerful being a parent to children and uh, being um, a parent of children. Am I right, sir? Um, there's a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Being the parent of a child, you birth that child physically, but being a, the parent to a child is that you are raising that child. Wow. Hands on, you are there. Wow. Wow. So powerful. Thank you for that uh, insight and that perspective and that um, wisdom that you've just shared with the listeners. I believe um, everybody you are hearing for yourselves what um, the man of God is really, you know, saying about being um, a parent and, 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 and really your role as a wife, as a husband in, in a Christian marriage set up. I'm not even going to talk about raising kids because you already touched on that. And um, just for the, uh, for our listeners as well he is writing a book i'm not going to divulge much about it it is coming um where he talks about raising um i'm so excited about that book i know it hasn't even come out but the way he speaks about raising children and you witnessing his relationship with his son really you would be in the same position that i am to say i really can't wait to hear or read through that book and what it's all about because he has done a fantastic job in raising his son um i'm gonna go into our last question uh, PD, um, because of time, of course, and it says here, as a married couple, there are many challenges that, um, you know, they that people face. What is the healthy way to resolve conflicting situations? Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, just to buttress um, the last point that we made about children, um, I, I, I've been in a forum where I was asked to speak to parents. Uh, it was just a gathering and not for the sake of privacy. I'm not going to divulge uh, where, but mm -hmm. I had that opportunity to talk to parents. And, you know, parents were just saying in that room, children of nowadays, and they kept on. And then when I got the, 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 you know, the forum to be silent, I said, please don't ever say children of nowadays. Please, can you say parents of nowadays? Because what you don't allow most likely will not happen. So what you can't tell a child at the age of two, don't bother at 12. What you can't tell a child at five, don't bother at 15. What you can't tell a child at eight, don't even try at 18 because that child is already an adult and you can't start trying at the time. So whatever you are going to do, do from the word go and then watch your children evolve to being masters of their own game based on the teachings you've already imbibed and released into them and stored in their, in, in their subconscious while they, they are growing so that when they're full-grown adults, they can manifest what God has blessed you with to give to them. Now, I also, I also um, and this is, I'm going, flowing into my last uh, response. I also read somewhere, one, one, one dad was saying to his little boy, he says, son, I need you to watch your step. And the son responded to his dad, no, I won't. I need you to watch yours, dad, because I'm following you. <laughs> now, wow. for wow. me, for me, that just closes 
the chapter hits the nail on the head and drives the nail in to steal the matter. Mm. Children hear. Now listen to me. Children hear what we do more than they hear what we say. Wow. They respond to what we do more than they respond to what we say. So now as a married couple, um, of course we have challenges, challenges of finances, challenges of of intimacy, challenges of raising the children. I'm going to go into the children. I'm going to come back quickly to, to seal this off by God's grace. Now, when it comes to the children, one of the things we must avoid is that when we start having children, the children must never come between us. I know that there are sacrifices to be made to bring up the children. I've seen men who have focused on their children and said, wow, thank you. My, my first child is a boy, especially in these parts of the world, in Africa. Mm -hmm. Oh, as a man, I'm strong. My first child is a boy. Can we throw that myth out the window and stop making what? men feel as if having a girl child is, is unheard of or, or having a girl child is... And even when men have girl children first they look at them and say oh wow um another another mini mom and then they focus on the girl instead of focusing on their wife so that they can both focus on the children together the children will grow up trying to to use that 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 childlike psychology against both of you and say well i'm going to tackle daddy this way and i'm going to tell mommy so that mommy can support me to tackle daddy no you must always agree on how you want to all these things should be addressed before you get married that is why it is always more of a situation of interviews should be than intercourse but once we start getting intimate and we start losing sight of the goal we fail to address the, the, the things that are most important to us. And then when we have challenges, we need to sit down and talk. We need to understand what each person has to say. We need to be patient enough. And when we are having conversations, conversations are more potent and more, you know, effective with the listening the listening is the best part of the conversation so that we can respond adequately we must listen we must be patient enough love after all is first of all patient before it's kind i don't want to know how sweet you are if you wow. can't be patient with me wow wow sir i am mind blown this is too deep it's powerful Powerful, powerful. I wish really we had enough time or more time. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much for unpacking um, this topic with me today um, on the values of a Christian marriage and family dynamics. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it for yourself from a man of wisdom. He is a pastor. He is um, the visionary of Yenkosi Africa, a training and development institute. He's a certified management consultant and an education and business solutions specialist across several cadres. But he is also a man that helps people, you know, to sort of find balance in their wellness, be it mentally, spiritually, physically. He really helps you to find your purpose and and unpack and, and be aware of who you are as an individual. By the way, he is also a singer. And like I already has, uh, said, he is an upcoming author. I mean, so many facets to this man of God. Um, I'm really, really privileged to call him a brother. And um, sir, thank you once more. And thank you again for really honoring this platform um, 
today and um you know god bless you may he increase you and may he increase the Amen. wisdom that you carry that wherever you go you leave a seed that will definitely come to fruition and will produce thereof um yes thank you everybody for really coming through um and listening to um episode seven of the faith in action a podcast with my guest Deepo Adeda Oshim Lawyer. Um, we will be sharing his um, social media links so that you guys can follow him. Um, and really, if you really want to get in touch with him, you're more than welcome to inbox, send a message so that we can share his details um, with you um, to really get inspired and get impacted and get help. With that said, thank you so much. And uh, until next time, when we come through with episode eight, have yourself a beautiful, beautiful day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.